comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. episode of the DC TV podcast with Skeleton Crew so far tonight. Just uh, me and Rich Sheldon holding it down. How you doing, Rich? Doing pretty good. We had a good week of DC TV this week. We got some news. We had some really cool comments uh, in the Facebook group that I want to get to as well. Uh, let's just kick off with some news really quick, if that's okay with Yens. Not a problem. Um, and yes, I said Yens because I'm from Pittsburgh and we just got voted as having the Ugliest accent in America, and, you know, I own it, man. Uh, some casting news this week on Gotham. Marina Baccarin from uh, Firefly uh, and V going to be playing uh, Dr. Leslie Tompkins, the, you know, the crime alley doctor uh, from uh, Batman lore. So she will be joining the cast of Gotham as the season progresses. I'm, That's kind of cool. Yeah, I'm excited to see her. I really like her. I mean, I'm glad they're digging a little deeper into some of the ancillary characters of the city, you know, rather than just only dealing with Gordon and Bullock and the... You know, the proto-villains, as it were. Well, and that's kind of what we wanted out of this show, if you think about it. it you know, I mean, I, it it's kind of weird to me that we have Bruce centered somewhere in the show each week. You know, it, it seems like that that would be what's on the fringe, not so much the other stuff. And having these characters like her come in, I think it's going to be a, a big positive we'll get you know more into the discussion when we get to that episode this week but we i think we saw why the waynes are, are important to the story going forward you know oh, at least yeah. to the overall the bigger story you know also this week the flash got a full season order from the cw so we're gonna get a full 22 episode season of the flash which is awesome it, i'm so glad to hear that yeah it's awesome it wasn't really news to me because after watching the first two episodes i was like this is definitely going to get a full season why wouldn't it you know with the ratings and everything else so it wasn't really a big shocker but it does make me super happy because it's it's one of my favorite shows on network television right now it's beating out uh shows on abc and fox and some on some nights so uh yeah with the the popularity of the flash it ended up first they said it was their first, the biggest debut in five years but then after the plus three and plus seven numbers came in it turned out that it was their biggest debut ever uh for a brand new series so uh i guess this really comes as you know, a little surprise but it's still good to hear you know definitely gonna, you know put their weight behind it and you know we'll get some more uh this you know great version of the flash also we got a uh casting news vinnie jones is gonna be playing brick in the arrow um, Vinnie Jones, probably known to like uh, comic book movie people, as uh, he was the Juggernaut, wasn't he in uh, X Men? Yep. The Last Stand. Yep. He had the terrible line from that internet <laughs> yeah. meme. But uh, I don't know. He looks like he could play Brick, you know. <laughs> uh, so that'll be interesting. Um, 
it's cool how you know like well we'll get to like i said when we get to the episodes a little bit later we'll see you know talk a little bit more how we're getting the integration of some of these characters okay. slowly but surely into the you know, the shared thing but as i said uh we also had some news on the uh, the dc movie front kind of as an aside that um jenna malone has been cast as robin in the batman versus superman movie is kind of like a version of the carrie kelly robin i guess and is is she gonna be called carrie kelly I'm assuming, or no? Have they said the character name? Confirmed. All they've confirmed is that she is in Batman vs Superman as Robin. Because if they actually go with her, with that character, and I mean she has that tone to that character, I, that excites me because I really loved Carrie Kelly. I thought she was a great, great character in uh, Dark Knight. I think uh, if you, if you I mean if you reread it, you can see that Miller kind of used her to lighten it up at some points. Yep. You know, to kind of add just a, you know, not to make it as, as, you know, you know goofy or whatever as, like, Guardians of the Galaxy would be or whatever, but to just add some levity. Like, when she reprograms the Batcopter to, you know, follow her command and slang and stuff, that kind of thing, so. Yeah. Did you ever read the um, Stephanie Brown Batgirl series before the New 52 launched? No. Oh, well, that, she... That that was the closest they ever came to having Carrie Kelly back, as as far as I was concerned, because that Stephanie Brown character, the way it was written, was very much like her. And even though she was Batgirl, she was more like a Robin-esque type character to me. I really liked that series, but we had to reboot for the new 52. So, but I was going to say she got retconned out, right? Yeah. Well, they're trying to bring her in now. I mean, she's been in appeared in a few things, but yeah, it, it, but just as Stephanie Brown, not as, uh, not as Batgirl. Well, let's, um, I, I think that's pretty much all the news we have on this side. Let's go ahead and talk about, uh, this episode of Gotham, uh, Venom, uh, which, uh, I'm sorry, the show, the episode is actually called Viper, isn't it? Yeah. But it's yeah, about I just, I, Right. I just keep getting it confused because, I mean, it's so obviously, you know, the same, or at least a prototypical version, obviously, or, or um, you know, of what Bane ends up using in the in the Batman canon, I would assume. Right. You know, like maybe a, a pure, more perfected version that doesn't crush his bones. Well, we, yeah. Uh, as the people in this, in, you know, the fate that befell the users in this. Well, when he first gives that vial to the homeless guy playing the guitar... Um, when he first uses the vial and he's like, you know, turning white and changing, I'm like, are, are we, at first I just had this feeling of 1989 Batman and, you know, the whole brand X thing and the, you know, cause he was, he was grimacing in a way that it almost looked like a forced smile. And I'm like, are, are we going here already? <laughs> you know? Oh yeah. <laughs> but luckily, well, it's, luckily it's... it wasn't that. So. This is the kind of I don't I don't know I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna take like a, probably a semi-controversial stand here. I really like this episode, and here's why: it takes stuff from the Batman mythos that doesn't uh, you know directly involve the proto criminals. You know what I mean? Or, or you know, like right. young Cobblepot, young whoever, right? Uh, uh, parallel, but also the you know the Joker uh, f- formula, you know, vibe as well. Like maybe this right. is. A, but I really like this episode because not only did it take something from like the Batman mythos that isn't like dealing with one of the proto criminals or whatever, and and kind of flush it out and give it an, you know a good background. Plus, it had like a lot of the good the the mafia stuff I enjoyed, like that scene with Maroni and Jim Gordon in the yep. restaurant. Yep. You know, we has him over for lunch. I mean, that was I mean that was a great scene, and um, 
that kind of you know the kind of inner inner you know infighting between the the different families and the the corrupt police and everything else that to me is more interesting than um you know seeing you know little Catwoman or you know edward nigma trying to you know give it you know right like a riddle but you, you know, know but they still had you know little bits in the episode but it wasn't like overpowering and and it definitely like you said got to the heart of of some of what's going on with the crime families. I, I still wish Fish Mooney would go away. Even with that, I, I mean, like you said, the whole scene with Maroney, I, everything. I mean, even the scene, the first scene of him and, and Cobblepot when, when he says, I worked for Fish Mooney and, and, you know, Falcone and all that, uh, just, you know, that was really good stuff. And I, I'm drawing a blank on the actor's name, but the guy playing Maroney. Uh, David Zayas. He was, uh, I, I know him from Dexter. Yeah. He, he was the cop on Dexter he, for, for quite a while. Yeah, he was Batista. And the first couple of times he's appeared on the on Gotham, I, it was hard for me to separate him from Batista because, you know, he's just got that distinct voice. But uh, right. this episode, I mean, he really set the character for me of what his character is last episode he, he it seemed a bit campy like the whole this town's doing nothing but throwing us scraps and then he with his hand picks up that piece of steak and bites into it i just i mean that was a total roll your eyes moment for me and but now i mean the way his scenes played out and the way that character was played and written this week i i really really enjoyed it oh yeah it's great him and his like second in command that he works with um who I, I will look up the name on and the, that character actor as well. They they're just really great. I really like that kind of stuff in this much more than I you know than I am enjoying the you know get it. He's telling riddles or you know wink wink kind of thing. I wish they would stick with more the the crime you know procedural cop slash crime drama. You know occasionally throw a weird element in it like the the viper uh, drug did this week. You know keep it at that rather than trying to you know show off how much it's Batman's universe or whatever. Or trying to you know make all these um, you know trying to connect all these dots that really shouldn't have been connected this early in the continuity. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I mean I've been a little a little harsh on that stuff, but you know I kind of get where it comes from. Is you know to get to get the casual Batman fans, the people who know Batman more from uh, TV and movies rather than the books, they kind of want to connect some of those dots, hoping to keep them interested. But, you know, even, even people that I've talked to that aren't big comic book readers, but they are, you know, casual Batman fans from the movies, have felt kind of the same way of, why are they forcing certain things down our throats? Why is it not evolving more naturally? Um, and this... The, this was probably the first episode where, like you said, it it just it it dove more into the other parts of Gotham and not so much slapping the Batman mythos, the main part of it, in our face. I just think it would be so much more effective as that kind of like cop and crime drama, right? You know, rather than having to you know have it constantly be about Batman. You know, even though we're like you know good ten years from even Batman showing up in Gotham, right? I, I and I agree. I just don't want it to turn into Law and Order slash CSI Gotham, you know. But if we can have 
more of this drama, like you said, and the and the things that we're seeing in this episode, and then pepper in every few episodes some of the other stuff, the comic booky stuff. Then I think it can be a success as long as they don't get campy. And you know they've teetered on the edge a few times of campy, in my opinion, but not really this week. I thought that you know this was a pretty solid episode. I, you know, and I loved you know, the the effects that they did like the whole thing with the guy picking the ATM up and then that's when his bones give yeah. out and all that that was that was pretty well done for TV that, CGI effects you know plus I mean a lot of it was off camera which has made it even worse because in your mind's eye you're just kind of putting it together well yeah you know I mean? and whoever was the sound engineer did really good at giving yeah, it, <laughs> yeah so uh, I'm glad I mean plus we saw a little more of the conspiracy with Wellzet and um, and Wayne enterprises and yep. uh you know how wayne enterprises is actually behind you know this weaponized drug that ended up hitting the streets um we got to see the payoff with fish mooney's like um sex bomb that she's putting together yeah i still i i i'm sorry i just have maybe if she wasn't using that that voice that she has and just acted it out it'd be different i don't know it just i have a lot of trouble with that character still but this week, she was more tolerable than has been in the past episodes. Yeah, it was interesting to see how, you know, what she was kind of training the uh, oh, yeah. Lay's character for, and then seeing that payoff at the end. Well, that character already is more interesting than Fish Mooney is to me, so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I also thought it was funny, too, you had the whole meeting with Fish Mooney where she was like, you know, dressing down the um, Nikolai, the Russian mobster. And then later there's a scene and she has him tied to her bed, you know. And, yeah. They, yeah, I guess they've been hooking up and they're they're plotting together, you know, in part anyway, to take down... Um, Falcone. Their Falcone, yeah. yeah. So, I like I said, I like that kind of stuff. It gave me like a Sopranos vibe or, you know, and, you know, pick your, your mob drama. And then on the other side, you had the, the cop, you know, the cop thing going on. So I really like, like I said, I mean, you know, I don't know, going into this, I always kind of hoped it'd be more of a Gotham Central type thing than a, right. yeah. you know, than a Batman type show. So I, you know, this episode was a little closer to that for me, you know? Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I really, you know, Gotham Central's one of the titles I really enjoyed. If you're listening, you don't know what we're talking about. I'm, you know, I don't want to be geeky. You know, don't want to leave anyone out. It's the uh, the the series Ed Brubaker, Greg Rucka, um, Gotham Central. It was a series from DC. It's it's out in hardcover and in, in trade paperback. It basically covered the you know the daily lives of and some of the characters from Gotham are in it, like Montoya and Crispus Allen, and uh, it, it was really well like well written you know police procedural story with overarching drama story arcs that took place in Gotham. But really, you know, Batman was only, you know, maybe glimpsed once every few issues or whatever. Um, Very so, well I done. Mean, Very well written. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm seeing where some of that's kind of, you know, leaking through here and i did like that scene very very at the very end with when alfred decides to help bruce you know go through the the files rather than yeah tell him to forget it because obviously you know after what happens there's something going on well that and i guess we're seeing the evolution of alfred's character from being the protectorate to being more of not subservient, but, you know, just an aid to Bruce and, and what eventually he'll become, you know, as far as the 
the Alfred Batman relationship because right. it really bugged me in the beginning. Like I thought that that when this show started that they were going to have Alfred kind of be this you know force that's working against Bruce to keep him out of harm's way and whatnot. And you know it looks like now there's he's 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 on board. And understanding that, yeah, Bruce is a child, but he's been through a lot. He's grown up quickly, and he's obviously very smart and, uh, you know, has proven that, you know, I mean, that scene where he talks about how uh, he's talking to the, um, is it, I forget who, what she is for Wayne Enterprises, the Tyler Reese character. Yeah, but when he says to her, though, you know, I'd like to, to speak to the board. You know, I'd like to speak to them. You know, I want to go over this stuff. I mean, to me, that, I mean, for what is he supposed to be, 10 right now? Or t- yeah, 12. 10, 12 years most. old. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Well, I would, even even if his name was Wayne, though, do you th- I don't think in real life he would get you know, that board meeting or whatever. But, I mean, t- to for him to, like, you know, put aside his grief for his parents and, you know, this overwhelming need for, you know, to, to do something about it and to... You know, really look at what his, you know, his, his, uh, you know, family's business was really involved in. Um, I don't know. It's it's interesting. You know, we see the the beginnings of the detective. You know. Yep. Yep. Um, and like you said, you know, Alfred becoming a participant rather than just a protectorate. Um, you know, it, I thought it was a pretty decent episode. And like I said, so I'd like to see more like this rather than you know dwelling on, you know, kind of Batman uh, wink wink type stuff that we've seen in some right. of the other episodes. Or, or like you mentioned, some of the more campy elements. They were really toned down. And, you know, even Nygma in this seemed, you know, more in place. You know what I mean? Because he was trying to... He was... He was the CFI he was nerd. Out. He wasn't the... Yeah, guy. yeah, exactly. And he almost was um, kind of... He, he was kind of uh, taken aback by the genius of the, the you know, engineering of the drug itself, you know. So, I mean, that would make sense for a science nerd to be kind of, you know, half admirable of, of a you know, bioterrorist. So I, so. <laughs> I kind of wonder with Gordon, um, you know how uh, Bullock has the relationship with Falcone through Fish and, and whatnot, and, and, and the mayor has his hand in things with Falcone and all that. I, I wonder, we know Jim's not going to go dirty, but we do know, I mean, it, it's obvious that he he's realized there are going to be some compromises he has to make in order. Well, Maroney even tells him that he'll be talking yeah. to him again. So I'm, you know, he's, he's like, I'll keep all this hush hush, but we'll be talking again. Jeff. So, yeah. but I mean, I wonder, you know, are we going to see this? I mean, there's already the struggle in the relationship between Bullock and Gordon. And now if Gordon starts helping, not helping, but you know, associating with Maroney while Bullock's associating with Falcone. I'm just wondering what's going to happen. Cause I mean, Falcone basically told him, you know, you need to kill Cobblepot or if you don't, you kill Gordon. And now Gordon's, you know, getting in, not getting in bed with Mar- Maroney, but definitely associating in ways. And, and plus by Cobblepot coming back the way he did, he has now Maroney has something to hold over Jim Gordon. Right. You know, he's like, hey, you better do this for me or I'm just going to have to let him know that, you know, he's walking around, that kind of thing. So something to hold over him from the yep. other side now, not only from the, the one side. So uh, Viper, yay or nay on this episode? I say yay. I, I enjoyed this one. I say yay. Um, I, 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 I'm overall on the series. Um, I'm still probably at it like a, maybe a C, C minus. I'm waiting for it to kind of really win me over and just for me to say, wow. 
you know, on one of these episodes, but I just really haven't hit that moment yet. Yeah, I'd say I'm at a C minus on the series so far. I will put it this way: I'm definitely, of course, three seasons in. Um, you know, all about Arrow. Three episodes in, I'm all about Flash. But Gotham's still kind of on the fence as far as if it's going to be something that's going to stick around in Chub Toad's uh, catalog of shows that he watches. So yeah, it kind of I keep seeing like um, you know parts of it. I'm just like that make me roll my eyes, and other parts that make me see the potential of what the show could really be if it was cool. So I'm kind of you know halfway. You know, I'm very ambivalent about it. Well, uh, here's what you thought of uh, Viper, uh, the, the latest episode of Gotham. And if you'd like to join our Facebook group, we're slowly getting gathering new members all the time. Uh, the Facebook group is the DCTV Podcast. On the Facebooks, you may have heard of it. It's very popular with the young people. But if you uh, go there, you can get all of our news items that we put up there that we find out about the different DC shows and movies. And you can leave your comments there. And we'll read them on the show, as I'm about to do now. About Gotham, Viper, uh, Anton Kromoff. I really liked this episode. I felt like we had gotten past the whole introduction to the city character's villain stage. This felt like the first time we just got a story set in the city during the same the timeline they are using. Uh, the use of Venom and all the implications that carries with it really made me happy as a longtime Batman fan. Yeah, I, you know, and, and I realized in the show, it's called Viper in the show, not Venom. So it's almost like a, like a primitive, like a proto version of that, but it could easily yeah. also end up be- becoming the Joker gas as well. Like maybe that's where they both came from. You know, could be. Definitely, you know, that, I mean, the implications are there. Um, Gordon also does not disappoint. I think my favorite part of the episode was towards the end when Alfred comes in with the two files and wordlessly joins young Bruce. It made me smile. That's the relationship that matters most to me in all the Batman universe and unprepared father for a troubled boy. A guardian who watches, uh, he who guards us all. Alfred Pennyworth is the only thing I think of when someone poses a question. Who do gods pray to when they are scared, hurt, and alone? I think Alfred is the answer, at least for Batman. (laughs) Uh, the scene was short and simple, but a nod to a greater tapestry and all the future events that will unfold. Uh, Donnie Salvo, my compatriot from the uh, Nothing's On podcast, uh, has said uh, that he's uh, on the fence with Gotham. The fourth episode kept him around, and he thought this was the best one so far. Uh, Michael Myers from the DC Noise and the uh, the Geek Brunch Retrocast and several other cool podcasts uh, of comics. Uh, on the Taylor Network says, I agree with Donnie Salvo, best so far, the introduction of Venom, and I absolutely love the scene with Maroney, Cobblepot, and Gordon. Damn, that was great. I'm also digging fish. I think she's a true threat. Also, young Bruce is killing it. Damn, that was some great casting. Um, thanks, Michael. I appreciate all that. And yeah, now that now that they've given fish like something to do other than sit around and talk like Eartha Kitt, I, I'm, I'm, she's not as annoying to me. So, And... and and then Adam Fatah, uh, I wonder what venom, if the venom that was introduced is the same venom that Bane uses. Well, like I said, the, the, the drug in the show is called Viper, so I would assume they're they're positing that like this is like the a less refined version of what later becomes venom, you know, or else Bane's you know bones would have broken several times over. By or the eventual crossover to Arrow, and it's the primitive version of Maracuyu. But uh, that's that's your thoughts on Gotham, and now on to The Flash. And now, the second show we're going to talk about this week that has to deal with green gas. <laughs> the Flash. <laughs> yeah. things, you, things you can't outrun. 
this was another really good episode. I just there's so many little things I want to mention in this episode, but basically the the overview is um, the introduction of this of the mist. You know, from the uh, from the comics, yep. um, Ed Nimbus. <laughs> we'll talk about your Golden Age names. Except he was um, Kyle Nimbus in this. They changed his name because it was Ed in the comic books, right? Yeah, I'm pretty so sure. But, I mean, yeah, yeah, but it's the same character. And and the thing is, too, is the with that with that character, they could have gone so camp and cheesy with it. On, I mean, not even on purpose, but just on accident. And I thought that they executed it. No pun intended extremely well so it's funny that they use the name kyle though because in uh i mean not to get too deep on the geek here but uh in the starman series that james robinson did he used the original mist in his two uh kids uh, a son and a daughter uh the son was named kyle and uh the daughter just went by the name ended up be- uh, becoming the mist because kyle got killed in the starman oh. uh, i never read uh, starman series. so yeah, but um, maybe that's why they use that name. I don't know. We get to see the uh, the flashbacks to what happened the night of the explosion with uh, Caitlin and Ronnie. And there's this really uh, cool little Easter egg line where she says that, uh, yeah, people said we were just like fire and ice, Ronnie and me. Yeah, I, I, that was a definite wink and a nod to us fans right there. That was great. Yeah, because we, we know who Ronnie Raymond becomes and we've kind of speculated who Caitlin Snow wanted up being. Lots of cool moments in this episode where he saved... Um, when he saves Joe, uh, while Joe is visiting his dad, and he uses that trick of vibrating his face so his dad can't recognize him, I thought that was really kind of like a nice little touch there. Yeah, I thought that was very, because at first I was like, what's going, oh, okay, (laughs) I get what he's doing. Um, It took me a second, you know, I'm a little slow sometimes, but uh, yeah, there's so many little things, like you said, that not, I mean, they've done in three episodes that just it, it makes it such a good good show a good comic book based show and you know these small things definitely add up to to greatness in my opinion and i know we've had com- we've had some you know comments on the show before with with uh, different ho- um, you know people that have been on the show talking about you know Caitlin Snow and like kind of like reacting coldly to her or whatever. This really gave us a chance to kind of understand her, why she's so protective of Barry, right? And what you know everything that happened that night directly to her and Cisco and everything, and why you know why why they're so still you know affected by it still. It, it was it was it, the flashback things were were kind of cool, especially the the flashback where we see Tom Cavanaugh. Yes. You know, go in go into there and watch Barry become the Flash from like some hidden camera into you know from his little time travel sanctum or whatever um it seems like that that's the structure of the episodes now we get like a stinger for that overall uh arcing story of you know tom cavanaugh's character uh harrison wells doing something weird uh time travely or evil or all three I, I will say the more you know especially after last week and then now this week's episode i I, I mean, I already kind of agreed with you anyway, but I, I'm pretty sure he is the reverse Flash. I'm... You know, time will tell. We'll see. I mean, I I hesitate to, to speculate any more than I already have. John Wesley Shipp is really a really good actor. I mean, the, the scenes he had with Joe and then with Barry in this episode were just incredible, I thought. Really, you know, really hard to... It really seemed heartfelt. Anthony Kerrigan as Kyle Nimbus was suitably, you know, menacing. And, you know, I liked the way that, you know, Barry gets the sample 
of the mist by inhaling him into his lungs and then running as fast as he can to Star Labs so that they can get a sample of him to figure out what to do. Again, Grant Gustin is just so likable as Barry Allen. Really feel, I really feel myself pulling for him just, you know, it's just... Yeah, I mean, no, you, I totally agree um, with you. Yeah, it's just really, uh, really good cast and I'm really just couldn't be happier with it. I'm, I'm really excited to see where it's going next. I mean, next week, I mean, not to spoil too much, but... Um, if you saw the end of Arrow, you know Felicity is coming to make a visit to uh, to Barry to see how he's doing since he's come out of his coma. Captain Cold is played by... Um... I'm excited about that because Captain Cold is one of my favorite characters from the Flash comics. So Yeah, and with Captain Cold, you would hope that you get the rogues. In fact, oh, the yeah. episode is called, go- is called Going Rogue. So I'm wondering if this is going to plant the seeds for... Yeah. For that, you know, in the, in the future, and that would be awesome because that was one of the things I always loved about the character of the Flash is that he had the really great Rogues Gallery. Uh, Wentworth Miller, how can I not remember that man? <laughs> I never <laughs> watched also Prison in... Break, so I I wouldn't have known him from that. So I actually know him from one of the Resident Evil movies with Mila Jovovich. Ah, uh, he was in one of those, but he will be playing Leonard Snart, Captain Cold, uh, in the next episode. I um. I don't know. Just I, they're doing everything right. The whole subplot with Iris and, and Ed, Edward Thorne kind of played out well, without being you know too soap opery. I don't know. All the characters really kind of had a chance to shine this episode. I thought. Well, and like you said about the flashback stuff. I mean, there were such great lines written. I mean, there's the point where Cisco says to Harrison, "Ah, sir, we got." the weather report that's a big thunderstorm is coming in <laughs> we're not launching a space shuttle we'll be fine you know i mean just line lines like that you know with what we know happens is it's just fun it's it's good dialogue just real fun stuff you know you'll be seeing robbie amel again because you know from these flashback series because you know ronnie raymond as we said uh in yep. the comics is Half of the, uh, the incredible firestorm, the nuclear man, which I'm wondering how they're going to make look that character on on a TV budget on the show, but I guess they're going to at some point. Yeah, you know? I thought the effects. I thought the effects were from the mist were really good. Actually. Yeah, I agree. Um, it didn't. It didn't look too CGI at all, and when he kept trying to spread him thinner and thinner outside, that made total sense. Well, any, I I don't know. I don't know which. Uh, company they hired to do their cg and, and whatnot but i mean everything has been very viable you know i mean the whole thing with the with the with the tornado twister in the first episode um just all the different pieces even him flashing around everywhere and and whatnot the slow-mo stuff all of that stuff has been very well done for a tv budget and a new tv show tv budget at that so so i don't know i mean you know flame flame it 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 can so easily be done poorly um and we've seen it in in tv shows before but i i think you know if if they keep up the same level of quality that they've had with everything else we'll get something good there's a really cool crack that barry makes about them building a museum in his honor beginning of this episode that i forgot about uh, that's seven you know a little nod to the flash museum from the comics and when they come out of the movie theater uh him and iris uh the movie they're playing is like blue devil yeah and the Rita Farr story. Rita Farr was Elastigirl from uh, uh, the Doom Patrol. There's also a um, a, a part where um, Harrison Wells tells him it's by the Big Belly Burger. Yep. And then he looks at Cisco and he's like, "Hey, what? I eat, you know." <laughs> <laughs> 
And the, yeah, the, again, another DC Comics reference. I just thought it was cool that they they aren't shying away from making sure it's in you know definitely you know has those the trappings of that continuity, if not you know the letter. Right, and I mean even with the food thing, when him and Iris are coming out of the movie theater and he's talking about let's go get a bite to eat, I'm starving, <laughs> and she's like, didn't you just eat a big thing of popcorn and hot dogs and pretzel or you know just names off all this food, you know? And I thought that was pretty cool. You know, it's, keep keep reminding us. You know, he's got a a, a super fast metabolism. <laughs> it was, uh, but I really liked this episode. I thought it was really cool. And again, it just came, seems like, um, I mean, on the surface, it seems like they're kind of doing this, you know, meta human of the week type thing. But I think overall, there it's like they're gathering they're gathering momentum for this bigger story with Harrison Wells and stuff. And I'm really that's like the hook for me overall. Yeah, so. I I I'm totally uh, in agreement with you. So it's like I said, it, right now it's probably my favorite scripted show on network television. It has all the feels feelings of a good action uh, television show, but gives us all this comic book you know feel to it as well. Which is I, as much as I love Arrow, as much as I like um, Agents of Shield and different shows like that, and even I, I was a big fan of Smallville. We've never had a show that really felt comic booky like this one, and and do do it well and not get campy, and that's what I'm excited about most with it. But yeah, well, this episode I thought was super strong, and uh, I you know definitely give it a yay and the, the an A you know almost an A plus to this series so far. Yep. I just really enjoy it a lot, and I understand what you mean. It's kind of, it's comic booky, but in the better sense of the word, not the, you know, not the bad connotation of the word. Um, it just really, uh, it has that kind of exuberance of a well-written comic, uh, uh, and that kind of, the spirit of discovery and adventure, you know, the, that he has, you know, as he finds out what he can do, and, you know, who, you know, what this power is going to mean to him in the future, and stuff like that, it's just super uh super interesting and i'm enjoying it a lot well what's really cool about it too is i've talked to a lot of people because of where i work that don't get a lot of television um and they've they've been able to see this and you know there are a lot of people that just don't really have the comic book background and you know a lot that didn't really know much about the flash beyond what he looks like and to to hear them talk about it and, you know, hear people that have no real relationship with the comic book or the character prior to this show talk about how much they love it and how, how entertaining it is and how, it, you know, from scene to scene it keeps their interest and everything. Um, that, to me, is the biggest success for this show out of anything is, is, is getting to that uh, non-nerd, non-geek audience like that and be able to win them over in the first two to three episodes that that speaks volumes for me um and you know and it's paid off they got a full season order and if they continue with this level of quality going into the rest of this first season i foresee at least another two or three seasons uh being greenlit at the uh, uh end of the first season or sometime next summer so um they they just they need to keep it up because it's it's great stuff yeah and uh i just um, I think it's funny now. I guess I know how I felt or how they felt when uh, you know fans of Smallville when they cast Brandon Routh instead of Tom Welling in the Superman movie because I just think they're 
they missed an opportunity with Grant Gustin by going with this other guy in the Flash movie. But who am I? I'm I'm no uh, Hollywood executive. Now, does he he have a resume that's pretty well known before this? Because I I can't think of anything I know him from prior to this. So, I mean, for him to come out and this be his freshman foray into uh, the world stage. uh, Well, it's not like the guy that it's not like the guy they picked has a whole lot of movies behind him either. So. But that's a different issue. Yeah. Um, so definitely The Flash is definitely, impre- you know, um, everybody seems to be enjoying The Flash quite a bit. And uh, on the podcast, the DCTV podcast uh, Facebook group, Jerry Atkinson from the Rookie and the Geek podcast and several others uh, sh- says she's still impressed with the show. Um, Patrick Tony said this episode gave some depth to Caitlin Snow. As you see in the flashbacks with Caitlin and Ronnie, you really understand why Caitlin is so worried about Barry. I like when she said to Barry, when he called Ronnie a hero, I don't want a hero, I wanted a husband. Uh, this furthers the point that Caitlin is one note for a reason, and she's not annoying. So there, Bill. McCullough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, more great bonding scenes with Barry and Joe. The mystery about the professor still intrigues me. This is my favorite comic book show, followed closely by Arrow. And then John Davis uh, from the Taylor Network of Podcasts posted... Uh, so happy to know that we're going to get the show for a full season now with a renewal. Glad they acknowledged the villains kept getting killed. Team Flash decided to house them. Uh, anyone else get an X-Men Cerebro feel when they went to that containment room? Yeah, a little bit of that big round door. Yeah, kind of. Felicity appearance next week. Yay! Um, can't get any better. The show is really starting to make me question, do we need a Flash movie too? Warner Brothers is going to confuse people, I think. Well, I mean, I guess, you know, they, they do run a chance of that happening. I mean, the show's been very popular, and, and it's very good, so... Well, and maybe if it keeps this popularity, they will change their strategy on what they're doing with the film. Who knows? After all you know, these years and these shows, it would be nice to see, see you know, uh, Stephen Amell, uh, Arrow, and Grant Gustin Flash kind of earn their stripes, and uh, that would be awesome. And now both shows will have had Felicity... You know, I you can't get yeah. enough of her. I think she should be in every TV show. Just say, <laughs> you know, give her own channel. Yeah, the Felicity. The Felicity I, I, dude, I if, I if it were a pay channel, I definitely would be a full time subscriber. All day, all night, all Felicity. Okay, well, on to our third show uh, of the week, and then next week we'll be talking about Constantine as well because it premieres this weekend on Friday night. Arrow. Corto Maltese is the name of the episode. Uh, Oliver and uh, Roy and Diggo go on a road trip to Corto Maltese to bring back Thea, uh, to bring her back to Starling City. I, I like this episode quite a bit, especially uh, it introduced um, uh, Mark Shaw, a.k.a. Manhunter, or one of the incarnations of Manhunter from the DC yep. Universe. And also kind of, um, I don't know, gave Diggle a little more to think about because, you know, the threat hit so close to his own home. Uh, because the uh, Mark Shaw, this character that... Uh, Lila asked Diggle to look up on while he's in Corton Maltese, who's supposedly part of Argus, uh, is about to sell out all of Argus's quote-unquote soft targets, meaning their families, uh, addresses, and things like that. It's up to our boys to stop, even though they don't have their weapons with them because they had to get on airplanes. <laughs> right, but, and uh, you know, and for a minute I was like, why do they have to get on a, on a commercial airline? Like, doesn't Queen have his private... Then I was like, oh, wait a minute, he's broke now. <laughs> I don't know. I, I liked this episode quite a bit. It had a good action sequences, had the right amount of like uh, skullduggery and do- double crosses, and then the the part that was kind of you know the the CW part quote unquote of this episode really wasn't so bad. It was 
you know, um, Oliver just kind of opening up to Thea and kind of explaining to her that, you know, quote-unquote dad, you know, really did care for them. Yeah. You know, and to I, the point where, where he killed himself to let Oliver live, you know. And I don't feel that was a CW-ish moment. That, to me, was just no, a good, I'm well-written just... drama scene. Uh, you know, right. and I mean, it, it didn't feel forced. It made perfect sense. And, you know, it, I didn't really think about it this way until I watched because I just watched it right before we got on here to record so I just saw it and I never really thought before tonight about how well um, those two actors play off each other in scenes I mean they give you this really good bonded close feeling that a brother and sister would have and it seems effortless, and you know, and and that scene where they're talking at the table uh, about her coming home and about, you know, uh, he's your blood, but Robert was your father, um, things like that. I I don't know. It it really struck a chord with me as far as you know, there really is some good truth behind who they are to each other. And the fact that she ends up, you know, deciding to go back with him, I, I, I think was great. Um, I'm kind of curious as to how it's going to, how the whole relationship with her and Merlin's going to play out in the future, you know, considering he's basically, you know, <laughs> not exactly on Arrow's friends list. Um, you think? It's you kinda, think? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it'll be interesting. Um especially once he finally does give her all the secrets, you know, and I, and I, I, you know, now I wonder since she is coming back and he hasn't quote lost her already, is he going to give her all the secrets? I, I would hope so. Uh, I think at this point that he needs to do that because if he doesn't, and then it comes out, you know, Merlin pops up and, and it comes out, she will probably never trust Ollie again. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's interesting. The old uh, flashbacks to her, you know, training with him and you know, with the wax and everything, and you know, her kind of him kind of kicking the crap out of her, and that was kind of weird. Yeah, it gave <laughs> but, me a um, very Tyler Durden feel. Um, yeah, I got... Tyler Durden <laughs> by the way of Pi, by the way of Pi May from Kill Bill. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It just um, it was. I thought it was a decent episode, like I said. And uh, Diggle's still my favorite character. Nothing has changed there. Although today, well, although him going to that meeting and not having Oliver close enough to back him up really with anything other than watching him was kind of a bad, uh, bad move. There, the, I, and and this episode just even more makes me enjoy uh, the Ray Palmer character and Brandon Routh playing it. Uh, I'm 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 very much enjoying this character. Oh yeah, he's, he's, um, they're writing him well, like a quirky kind of geeky guy that, who kind of definitely relates to that side of Felicity too. So, but the whole sequence where you know he's he's she's like I'll get out of your office now, and he's like No, I'm going to get out of yours. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then uh, you know she immediately assumed she would have to go get coffee. Things like that, that was such a fun scene. I don't know who wrote that scene, but I'm like, that is just so great. Because that, again, is another comic booky type moment. Um, and, and and just a very nice comedic moment. And, and, 
and to show that he has that much trust in her to say, you know, oh, no, he's your executive assistant. Oh, no, I'm getting out of your office. You know, it's kind of like, you know, she didn't come in and, and have demands other than, you know, I'm not going to get you coffee <laughs> and run personal errands. Um, and and he gives her all that. I, I don't know. I, I'm really excited to see where the, where all of the stuff with him plays out. Yeah, I've always kind of got, like I said, I thought in the previous episode, I think I always kind of thought Brandon Routh got a bum rap because of Superman Returns. I mean, he was pretty funny in Zack and Mary Make a Porno. Yeah. He was, he was, he was funny in Scott Pilgrim. I mean, you know, if he's given something to do, I think he can, he can actually make something of it. And I think that's what he's doing with Ray Palmer. Plus, I mean, we got the added wrinkle this week of him delving into that hard drive from Queen uh, Consolidated that's full of all those weapons plans and yeah. stuff. So if he doesn't know uh, straight out what's going on, he's definitely got suspicions, you know. Well, and now those weren't plans. Those weren't things like that Oliver had to do with as far as his secret, right? That was probably something that uh, his mother was involved in with Merlin or his dad was yeah. involved with or something. But but still, I mean, he's going to end up, at, you know, being dropped at his feet because he's, you know, it was his company up until that point. You know right. I mean? No, no, no. I understand yeah. that. I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of curious as to, you know, we've been getting all these flashbacks to what he's been doing over the past five years. Will we start getting more flashbacks as to what his mother's been up, was up to with Merlin as far as these secret plans to i mean we already know about what they were trying to do to the city but now it looks like there was even worldwide implications of what they may have been up to and then the the uh the final the very final scene with nissa wanting to know where sarah is you know drawing yeah. a beat on oliver yeah. that was kind of a kind of a cool way to drop the that arrow at the end the arrow logo at the end <laughs> Yeah, and you know, and uh, the whole thing with Laurel and um, this guy that she's gonna train with and everything else, you know, there there was another potential CWE moment as far as when Ollie tells her, "Look, I'm I I can't train you. I can't. Even if I could, I wouldn't. I can't train you." And then she goes to seek this on her own. I mean, I I think it'll be very very cool as to how they bring it all together once she learns how to kick butt. Now, I thought earlier in the series she had talked about that she had martial arts training or something. I don't... She's never really been, like, the fighter. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it makes sense that what happened to her tonight would happen, would have happened yeah. to her. You know, yeah. that, that abusing guy. So. I thought she was going to tell her dad, too, at the, in the hospital bed. I thought she was going to spill the beans on what happened to Sarah and I, I feel real bad because I think he should know, but at the same time, I feel he shouldn't know because it's just going to spiral him out of control. Yeah, it's, uh, that, yeah, they finally got to a good place with the, you know, uh, Oliver and him. That, that would just totally destroy and obliterate all of that. So, so a uh, good episode of Arrow, yay or nay? I'd say yay. Oh, definitely yay. On that one. And the, uh, the ratings for all of these shows have been doing pretty well. Gotham has held on after only dropping another eight, or, um, dropping 18% from its uh, previous viewership, which is really not that much. Uh, the Flash continues to be stronger than some of the network shows that beat out Selfie, 
in its time slot last week, uh, which is an ABC show. And Arrow seems to be going on just as strong as it has for the past two seasons. Having Felicity cross over to The Flash is going to be interesting next week and yep. might set us up for uh, Braving the Bold crossover that's happening mid-season. So. Which that is what I'm looking forward to the most out of these two shows. I think that's going to be awesome. It's going to be interesting, too, to see how they've, how, you know, um, Barry's progressed since he talked to Oliver last, you know, on that rooftop and you know, all he's already all he's been through in the meantime, you know. I mean they wouldn't I don't think they'd have Felicity on the show if they weren't tying in the whole Star City, Star Labs thing. Yeah. You know, Brandon Brandon Ralph's company being tied into Star Labs somehow. I think that's all gonna end up being connected in some way or another. So Yep, it's all connected. Oh wait. No nope. wrong, wrong podcast. Wrong podcast, yeah. Wrong podcast, no, sorry. So uh, I guess that's about it for the old DC TV podcast this week. Next week we will be adding Constantine to the roster as the reshot uh, pilot will be airing on Friday. And um, so we'll be covering four shows a week for you people, fine folks out there. So send in those donation checks immediately because we deserve it for all of our hard work watching all this television for you. Yes, please. Well, we could be watching other television. And you met, you had mentioned <laughs> earlier about our Facebook group. You really need to join, and you really need to get your friends and family and everybody else to join and listen to us. Um, all I can say is, you know, Oscar Pistorius didn't he he didn't join our Facebook group, and look what's happened to him this week. Oh, don't Brian, don't drag him into this. <laughs> you know, I don't. You know, don't 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 miss out. You know, there could be really cool things that pop up on there, like news of The Flash being reordered or ordered for a full season. That's where I learned it first was when Jim posted it. Also, you can check out um, uh, sometime contributor to the show and uh, uh, contributor to the HHWLOD network from which the show originates, uh, Aaron Neuwirth. has been doing an episode-by-episode review of Gotham at theyoungfolks.com. And you can either go straight to youngfolks.com and look up Aaron's name, or you can go to the DCTV podcast group on the Facebooks, and we have links for it there every week. So definitely check out his writings. He's a very erudite individual. Ooh, um, big word. And if you, yeah, well, you know, I, I have the five penny words. I may as well spend them. <laughs> That's all we got for this week. If you enjoy uh, geeky TV or geeky stuff or in, in general, Check out HHWLOD.com. There's a whole network of shows there for you to check out. Shows about comic books, shows about movies, shows about television shows, including a Sleepy Hollow podcast that we do, the Ichapod Cranecast, the Walking Dead TV podcast, if you're a fan of that show, which is also a hugely popular show based on comic books. Uh, check that out. All kinds of content for you there at HHWLOD.com. If you are any kind of geeky persuasion, uh, there's something for you there. So uh, until next time, thanks uh, thanks for holding it down for me, uh, Rich. I appreciate it. Not a problem. I enjoyed it as always. We had some uh, we had some last minute cancellations, so hopefully we'll have a bigger round table next time, and we'll see you then. Bye bye.